This podcast is brought to you by Cross Catholic Outreach. Last year, Cross Catholic Outreach provided over 30 million meals to families in need around the world. Join us in our global effort to reduce material and spiritual poverty. Learn more at crosscatholic.org/bless. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Welcome to Holy Smokes Catholic Review, your weekly dose of good cigars and the good news. This podcast is brought to you by St. John Vianney Catholic Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Incensing the temple today, Father Scott Mansfield, pastor and former rock radio DJ, Tony Willemitis, the guy who knows everything, and Will Tapia, the guy who thinks he knows everything. Now, here's your host, Father Scott. Thank you, Scotty Chapin. It is Holy Smoke, Father Scott and the boys. And the boys. Is it Holy Smoke or Holy Smokes? Smokes. Okay, just to know. clarify. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe we changed the name. If it's just me, then it's Holy Smoke. Singular. Singular form. But since it's all of us, it's Holy Smokes. That's fair. I can dig that. Hey, Will. Glad to have you, man. Yeah. How's the, here. how's the road been? Treating well, you, you know, I um, actually just got off a shift over at Marty's Meatballs. It's a meatball <laughs> manufacturing plant. Um, so I know it's been good. I was meaning to tell both of you that we're, uh, what? we're Time hiring. Out. So we're, uh, we're, we're hiring Whoa. Marty and Marty's meatballs. And, uh, are you so, working two jobs now? Uh, well, I think at this point it's probably six or seven no. <laughs> simultaneously. So, <laughs> well, I could, I, I dig that. I mean, like, I mean, how many, how many trips can you make all in manure? You're going to need some, <laughs> Stop it. you need some, I mean, you look, you're a young guy. You want to begin to build your legacy. Um, and, uh, and get out of here. You want to, you want to give today. Well, to maybe the, uh, you know, maybe the like meatballs, me. maybe the meatballs are the manure that's falling. <laughs> well, it's, it's better than the, uh, than the, than the pandemic packing plant. I'll tell you, you know, what, which, uh, the pandemic pa- packing plant, that was a hot item. I'll t- you know, this, uh, so, um, I'm interested now. I actually, you can't get me any discounts on meatballs, can you? I mean, between that and then sampling uh, Hatch's hottest green chilies, oh, you know. Goodness, a Hatch sampler? Yeah. Are you kidding me? When I did just, you? When I did just grabbed the the guy just grabbed the big gyms, pluck them right off the bush. And, I'll tell you what, bro. And then so you ever wonder like when you go to the grocery store and it says like mild, medium, hot, extra yeah. hot. So that's yeah. all me. I'm the one who's actually I'm walking bush by bush throughout Hatch, New Mexico, plucking one pepper off the bush, and then okay. You that's know, phenomenal. And it's, it's, yeah, it's very regal. Like very, I'm actually, I'm actually jealous of you. You've, 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 be, you've gone from being my least favorite person. You have gone no, from being you my no least room. favorite person to becoming my hero. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> wow. That's great. Good for you. So Marty's meatballs, huh? Marty's meatballs. Uh, over there on, uh, fourth and, uh, fourth and sagebrush. Yeah. Good. Cool. <laughs> 
Looking forward to that. I'm well, going to stop by um, and pick me up some frozen meatballs from Marty. So I just wonder, you know, uh, what they pay the guy because he has to have like eight jobs. They, pay, to, they pay me in meatballs, actually. Oh, and manure. Yeah, they pay me <laughs> meatballs and manure. So, that, so that, that's why I've been, uh, I've actually just been dumping it out here in the big empty lot uh, at St. John's. Dumping. Along, dumping. <laughs> along with any extra furniture I might have. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a mattress. It's going to throw it in It's the, the New Mexico way. If you've got something to dump and you don't want to pay $5 for it, then take it to the Mesa. <laughs> yeah. I heard it. I heard Marty's. Uh, I'm actually going to start leasing out this lot for St. John's, get some extra revenue for the church. Just, that would actually, you would be able to build a church overnight if you did that. So you hear that? You, you heard like, that here first, folks. Just come in yeah. and throw your mattress. <laughs> That's right. Discounted dumping. No, Discounted don't do dumping that. At the don't say that because, because they already do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> they yeah, do it. They what? already bring their stuff. I mean, they've. That's a terrible guy. way to refer to St. Vincent de Paul, but keep talking. <laughs> no, I thought you said St. Thomas or St. John Vianney. <laughs> I did, but he said that the people brought stuff that they were trashing. And I said, that's the St. Vincent de Paul. (laughs) Well, if you'd listen to what I'm saying. So we have a dumpster out here, right? Yeah. So at Christmas, somebody brought their Christmas tree and threw it in the dumpster. Yeah. Okay. Uh, There was an old refrigerator. No. In the dumpster. No way. Washing machine. Oh, come on. Mattresses. You've got to be joking me. No, I'm not People joking. do that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I believe it. What is wrong with people? Got a I mean, little yeah, I mean, bit of responsibility. Yeah, people well, are irresponsible and they're lazy. And yeah, it's like, why would you yes. throw it in a dumpster when you have a perfectly good mesa a block away? To, Seriously. You know? Why can't you just def- you know, <laughs> whole debase desert. nature? You got a whole desert. You know, no. Seriously. No, but Seriously. Like, I'll tell you what. No, like, but I agree with you that that is just lazy. You're absolutely. a lazy person individual there you go if you cannot take your christmas tree and your washing machine to the city landfill which is 10 minutes from here yep but they don't want to spend the five dollars it's literally five dollars yeah it's literally five dollars dump it and you know what here's the thing um my godson and his sister it's interesting his sister enjoys this experience more than he does love going to the dump so see it's fun for the kids it's fun for the adults Take your stuff to the landfill. I'm just saying. It's fun? No, they literally like it's fun. It's like going to Disneyland. Well, I like it. It's kind of fun. It is fun. There's always an element of danger is what makes it fun, right? There's like this pit, and then you have to drive your whatever you're driving with all the stuff in it. And you have to, like, for me, it's a truck, and I drive over there, and then it's got a pit. And then there's, like, these big tractors that compress everything. And then there's, like, there's these misters that keep all the dust down because there's, you know, like, debris and whatnot. (laughs) And it's it's fun. And I think the kids, I think that's why the kids like going with me is because they... They get into it. They're like, ah, oh, this is kind of cool. This well, is- you just, you know what it is. You like breathing in the toxic fumes. I'm a big fan. Well, then, and there's always got to be an element of danger. Like, I remember going with my dad as a kid to the yeah. Albuquerque City Dump. Sure. And that one's different because it's not the pit, but they have this just like conveyor belt and a tractor that just drives up and down. And so you throw all your crap into this kind of like uh, central open area and then it, you see it all get compacted right there in front of you. And it's like, I remember being a kid and my dad telling me, you know, you better not step out of the truck or that's going to be your leg. Yeah. You know, so no, it's totally. element of danger and mystique, yeah, surprise. A, it, you know what? You know what it is also? It's an adult thing. Right. It's an adult thing. Right. And like, and like you're, you're being an adult when you participate in the city dump, right? Because you're, you're paying your money, you're dumping your trash. Like this is what responsible citizens do. Yeah. Right? Or just throw it, it at the Mesa. I, I, I've never been no, doing, I've never, they, when you throw it on the Mesa, you're, you're a teenager. You're <laughs> just, you're a, you're a small person. No, but what if you use it for target right. practice, you go set up your mattress and then go take your 45, hundred yards out. Still a small person. 
I'm just kidding. I, we're all we're all just kidding, ladies and gentlemen. No, I don't, agree with that. I, I agree with you. You're if you take your stuff out into yeah. the desert and dump it, you are low class. Absolutely, it's like going to the low, bank. Low, low class. Who who never? I liked going to the bank when I was a kid. I'd go to the bank with my parents. Why did I like going to the bank? There's nothing in it for me except for right. a lollipop. You know, and after a while, the lollipop, you know, kind of took precedence. But at first it was like, we're doing an adult thing. This is kind of fun. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. There's, there's other things like that. Man, I wish I still got lollipops going to the bank. I, I do. do. I still, do I still find them. U.S. Bank, bro. Absolutely. What? Compass Bank, I still find the lollipops. That's sweet. All okay. banks, they do the lollipops. I've never seen yeah. them in my bank. Mike Bank even has uh, coffee, Kurgs. I, yeah. just, I pop in a Kurg when my, I'm doing my, my banking. My bank gives out Eskimo pies. What? Yeah, Eskimo pie. Come on. No, you're That's no, out not either. And no, they, nutty buddies. You mean, you mean, uh, you mean uh, Arctic people's pies. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Arctic pe- people's yeah. pies and... Um, What'd you say? And uh, Ar- Who? The second one? <laughs> <No>, nutty buddies. <laughs> nutty buddies. Nutty buddies. He said uh, Arctic. Y- you mean... <laughs> he said Arctic. That wasn't me. Uh, you mean amigos de nuts? You don't mean nutty buddies? <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. Oh, that's I don't know. What have you been doing? Hey, long weekend this weekend, uh, Labor Day. Yeah. So we, uh, I'm not even sure what the history of that holiday is, but I appreciate the fact that I didn't have to work. Yeah. And I went up to Pagosa Ooh. Springs. I'm, a, I'm, I'm recommending Pagosa Springs yes. now to people because it was a delightful. I've been there before when I would go ski in Durango. Durango Mountain, beautiful. The whole valley, when you go from New Mexico to Durango, it's an extremely beautiful valley. I recommend someone, you know, anybody drive through there. And then Pagosa Springs is a great little stop because they have the hot springs. Mm-hmm. And then they've got like, you know, mountain hiking and, and great fishing, biking up and at fishing Williams Lake. and, and, and four, four wheeling and all these. You could go paddle boarding on the river. It's super fun. Um, great little town. Had a lot of fun up there with my brother. And um, yeah, so I'm recommending it. And uh, what else was I going to say? I don't know, yeah, but I can times. tell you this. Pagosa, back when I was a little kid and yeah. John Wayne was filming the movie The Cowboys. Yep. So my siblings and I watched them film scenes from that film. It's a great film, by uh, the way. Yep. Yeah, you got to watch The Cowboys. That's, that's, that's great. It's where he's, in that movie, he's raising like like little like preteen boys, right? And he's tr- teaching them how to be cowboys. It's a, it's a great film. Yeah. Pagosa really is so film. beautiful, though. The whole area, the hot springs. Um, yeah. No, absolutely beautiful. And then, of course. Did you soak? Uh, when, where, uh, where, yeah, yeah, no, in the, the place called the Springs, it's just that big one with the resort. Yeah. The resort, the one with the resort that you can get into for like 30 by like 30, $35. And then they have different pools and they're like, you know, capacity, six people, capacity, eight people and different, they have like two dozen pools. And then each pool has a different temperature. Like, so this one's hundred degrees. That one's 105, 112, 110, 100. And then you just go around and you find the one that suits you. And then they have drink service, you know, and they have snacks and you just order from the yeah. waiter or waitress. It's brilliant. It's How long did brilliant. you soak for? Probably about like, well, I, we tried to get our money's worth. So for $35, we were thinking if we stayed there for 35 minutes, we would be there for a dollar a minute. So we tried to stay there for like a full hour. That'd be like 50 cents a minute. Yeah. We probably stayed there for like an hour and a half. So, but just soaking the whole time? Just soaking, or, just yeah. hanging out, talking, Who's soaking. we? Who's we, by the way? His brother. Yeah, it's a whole group of people. Oh, yeah. your brother? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, I mean, like my brother brought his wife, et cetera. So, you know, we're just hanging out and there's these, you know, other people and we're visiting with, you know, strangers and stuff. Yeah. Where are know. they from? Um, well, two of them, let's see, two strangers we met uh, were from 
other parts of Colorado, actually. No, but I mean your brother is... uh... Oh, yeah. No, my brother's from Texas. Well, we're all from Indiana, but he came from Texas to uh, to be in the Springs. I came from Albuquerque, and, and we met there because we were thinking, man... One last hot weekend in Texas. One last hot weekend in New Mexico. No, thank you. We're going to escape. We're going to go to the mountains. And sit in a hot tub. And then sit in a hot tub. <laughs> exactly. No, the weather was, yeah. the weather was more uh, mild than it was back in Texas and New Mexico during the weekend. And um, the, the scenery is just gorgeous. It says the scenery is just so breathtaking. Yeah. yeah. So beautiful. And we had a nice little condo on the golf course, $100 a night. I can't remember the name of the condo or else I'd recommend it too. Had a great time. And then we came back and um, came back. And then uh, on Labor Day, I took my godson in a hot air balloon for his 13th anniversary of baptism. Cool. Nice. Very. Have yeah. you been in a balloon? Yes. I know this guy over here, Marty's Meatballs. I know he's been up in like a balloon like a a dozen times. But that's that's Barry's ballooning though. How many, Barry's ballooning? You worked for them, I think. Yeah. So how many times have you been up in a balloon? Once. You know, I'm from Indiana and I've been in a balloon three times. Good for you. Two times, thanks to my dad, and then then yesterday. All locally or? Yeah, all local. All Albuquerque. So I went up two times in Rainbow Riders, a decent corporate outfit. You know, but yeah. then I went yesterday with World Balloon. Yeah. I'm a fan of World Balloon. Really? Do tell. Absolutely. 38-year veteran of the APD, Albuquerque Police Department, now pilot. His name is Murray. Brilliant. Like, he treated, you know, he treated my 13-year-old godson just, you know, the way you'd want your godson to be treated. And and uh, just gave us, like, it was supposed to be an hour long and it was like an hour 15 long. I mean, like they did everything they could to just make, we did a splash and dash in the Rio Grande. Wow, cool. I mean, we did 9,000 feet total altitude, multiple elevations along the way. I mean, and of course, I mean, you, you, yeah, you, the world balloons, not responsible for the weather. The weather turned out perfect. Um, but they way the way they just kind of like, you know, the way they ran their, their uh, business was, I thought just, Worth the money. Yeah. $150 for an adult. I bet it wasn't too chilly too, right? In the morning? No, absolutely. In fact, it was like like 75 degrees the entire time. What a great day to spend, or or what a great thing to do on the last real day of warmth in New Mexico. Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, if you live in New Mexico and if you've been living here for any length of time, do yourself a favor, save 150 shekels and go just, even if you go by yourself, just go do a balloon ride. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what you think about what it's going to be like. Yeah. Do it. Just do it and then, and then either, you know, decide you like it or you don't like, but don't live in Albuquerque and not have flown in a balloon. Hello. We're like the, we're like the world's headquarters of hot air balloons. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to do it, go to world balloon. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, William just mentioned that this is the, uh, or yesterday or Monday was the last warm day. Well, it'll warm up, but let me tell you what's happening. Okay, yesterday, and I played golf yesterday, it was 99 degrees at the golf course. Yep. Today was pretty warm. Tomorrow, the high will be only 59. Denver, Colorado, two days ago, was 99 degrees. <laughs> Tomorrow, it's going to snow. It's going to be 37 degrees. Yep. They're getting snow in, in, like in Vegas, New Mexico. They're getting snow all up in northern New Mexico. Red River is getting eight inches of snow. 
eight inches of snow tonight. Now, listen, yeah. uh, we see, you know, we're used to these crazy temperature swings. You know, daytime, it can be 90, uh-huh. and then at night, it'll get down to 60. Right. But this is like a day-high kind of change. So we're not used to this. But um, I tell you what, I'm taking advantage of it tomorrow. I'll be out on a golf course. Uh, it's going to be, you know, 59. That's perfect. It's That's not going to be perfect as golf windy weather. as today. Today no, was it's not going to be horribly windy. Five, five to 10. That's it. Five yeah, to 10. Good. Today was like 60 mile an hour wind gusts. all blowing my tomatoes all off my plants. Yeah. Really? Today. Yeah. They all, did you harvest them? Were they green or red? No, I, I, I honestly, I'm just kidding about blowing the tomatoes off. You have tomato plants or are you lying about that too? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't doubt they would. I mean, it was insane. I was getting pelted. I've never been in a sandstorm, a legitimate sandstorm in Albuquerque and or even Rio Rancho where we are. And I went outside and I was working outdoors, driving the forklift around and doing stuff for, you know, like an hour. And the entire time I was being pelted by sand, not just like dust, like we get a lot of dust, you know, but I was being pelted with granules of sand. I could I like I had to like constantly look in the opposite direction of the wind which was difficult because i had to drive the fork forklift but yeah well i'm getting you know, pelted in the face with sand and i just yeah. was like welcome to new mexico this is what we do well yeah. especially here uh out here where we're at because you're nothing to the west but the desert yeah so totally. you walk out and the wind is blowing 60 miles an hour. You're going to get pelted. Oh, yeah. And, and it was know, whipping it's, up good. It's called sugar sand because it has the same consistency as sugar. Yeah. So it doesn't take much wind to set that stuff uh, 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 light. You know yep. what I mean? So Absolutely. You get pelted. And then what's amazing, you know, at night you're in bed and you're digging sand out of your ears. That's what I was doing in the shower this evening before I came here, aren't you? Yeah. Aren't Did you make you that up? Sugar sand? Is that a real thing? Sugar sand. sand. It's not just sandy sand. Sugar sand. I feel like when I think of sand, I think of sand. No, they call it sugar sand. uh, Like really soft sand. They call it sugar sand. I don't know. I'm I'm telling you, ask the guy, because when the guys were out here paving the parking lot, Uh right? And they said, well, it's very hard in New Mexico to put in a parking lot because, and then he explained the whole sugar sand because of the consistency, because it's always shifting. Right. And so. And when that that guy bought it, (laughs) that guy bought it. Did they, uh, did they. Pave paradise to put in a parking lot. Ooh, bop, bop, bop. Ooh, bop, bop, bop. I Never mind. It's, it's after your era. I Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. This Forget about it. Era. Okay. So what else has been going on? Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, lot of well, the, the, the debates and all of the um, political hullabaloo keep, uh, it seems like it keeps increasing in fervor as we reach closer to the, uh, to the voting time, mm-hmm. right? To the election mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was noticing recently that uh, there's a little bit of a hot political, not only a political, cultural debate almost, really. It's an icon. I've, t- I've, I've now come to call it because it just kind of broke out this weekend, and I'm calling it the icon of the cultural debate that we're in. And it's this thing that kind of rose up between Candace Owens and Cardi B, the pop star. Candace Owens, the political commentator, and Cardi B, the pop star. Now, I'm not going to get into it too much because, like Tucker Carlson was saying on Fox News this weekend, we can't go there. However, I do think it's something of an icon, and I want to discuss this, of the, of the cultural degradation that has, been, that has been encroaching on America for some time, right? And it shows up in pop culture most especially, mm-hmm. right? And you can see it by virtue of, as a friend said, the lyrics of songs, the plot lines of movies, mm-hmm. the 
the monologue, I'm sorry, the dialogue that you see in like sitcoms and television shows, you see this encroaching moral deprivation that, that encroaches through our entertainment, which is why, of course, the church ought to discuss the importance of what kind of entertainment we include in our lives. Because this, this this is part and parcel of the cultural degradation that has been happening. But when did this all start, though? Wouldn't you say like back in the 1950s even? Yeah, as early as I that. I mean, you think Absolutely. about, I watched, it was on TV last night, uh, Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Is that a, what? It's a movie. Okay. It's a documentary on Woodstock. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, and uh, then I watched another documentary on Jimi Hendrix. I watched again, The Kids Are All Right, which is the Who movie. And the, this degradation started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I agree. And little by little, by little by little, by little by little through the years okay right and what's that philosophical concept called the slippery slope there you go Mm -hmm. right and it's also referred to as the frog boiling in water Mm -hmm. right like satan and i believe satan's behind it uh the evil one who was created as an archangel so he's immensely smarter than any human being that's ever walked the earth he's not smarter or more talented than jesus christ the savior obviously but he is smarter than any one of us. And because of that's true, um, his corruption, his evil is more intelligent than any of our wits. Therefore, his method is to produce a, um, a program of deprivation and degradation that's so sneaky over the course of time that we don't even see it coming until we arrive there. And then we say to ourselves, how do we get ourselves out of this situation? And oftentimes that's too late. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course... Your God is big enough to save you, and ours is, right? That being said, the boiling frog analogy, of course, to remind our listeners, is when a frog is placed into lukewarm water, which it enjoys, and then the temperature is gradually increased, then it will happily stay in the pot of water and boil to death on your stove. If, however, you put the, bo- the, the frog in a, an already boiling pot of water, it will immediately jump out because of its reaction. So... This has had to have been a long, slow, steady process of little by little degradation in our culture. Right. And so there's a force behind it. And, and, you know, think about it, a force that obviously is living in eternity because it has enough patience to sit and watch it decay little by little. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, there you go. No, absolutely. And so the question is, of course, what's the answer when you find yourself as a frog in boiling water? Now, hopefully you've had the wits about you and, and by God's grace, maybe you've also experienced, you've had the sacramental grace about you to recognize that the, the water's getting warmer. And this is what I think sacramental grace allows us or affords us. It affords us the sensitivity of nature such that, and it's supernatural sensitivity of nature that allows us to feel the water getting warmer. And so then we, if we're, members of the church, right, who have been afforded sacramental grace, then we have already exited the pot or trying to get out of the pot or we we understand what's going on. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are in the boiling water going, what's this? How come I'm, how come it's already, how come it feels so hot? How come I can't feel my nerves anymore? (laughs) How come I'm starting to pass out because it's so boiling? So the question is, what do we do for those people that are caught in that? I mean, my first go-to, of course, is the same go-to as the Lord. When the disciples came back from their missionary efforts, you know, they came during his time and they came back and they said, Lord, there's so many people that we couldn't convert. 
And he says, for some, it's only prayer and fasting that you can, uh, that you can perform for them. There's no, you can't save them other than that. But what do we do with those who are in that situation now? And, you know, what do we do about a culture that's beginning to boil? Yeah. So that, well, here's, and here's where I struggle. Cause it's boiling, bro. Oh, it's, boiling. I'm sorry, but it's bro. Oh, it, it's, it's boiling. It's, it's, bo- yeah. it's boiling over. Yeah. Um, and, and to me it's, uh, we're at a point now that if you share, okay, if you evangelize somebody, you share the faith, they'll throw it right back in your face. It's like, people don't want to hear it. I mean, yeah. it was a time, well, I'm sure the the disciples experienced this as well. But people at least were open to listening to this truth today. Well, maybe, I don't know. It's, I mean. I don't know. To me, it's like I'll share my faith with somebody and they just don't want to hear it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think that's what's distinctly unique about the age we're living in, right? Like the so-called post-Christian age. Whereas like the disciples are were preaching to pagan Romans who had never heard of this thing called Jesus Christ and never heard of this thing called the the church and Christianity. Right. And so it was like fresh ears. Um, whereas now, you know, unfortunately the secular world views Christianity as worn out and old and, and, and outdated. And, and by the way, the scandals did not help. Right. Because it's like, well, you, your people, you know, your church has no credibility. Yeah. And you know, you know what I mean? So, so, you know, why listen to a church that has proven itself? So, you know, you're preaching to me about the, you know, the path to heaven yet. You're not even following that path yourself. Your own church. Absolutely. And and honestly, like, I, I, I think, and I don't know, Tony, it's such a tough question, man, but I think a part of it maybe is just kind of reminding, you know, going with the frog in the pot analogy, kind of reminding the, the frog, what cool water is like, right. Um, what, what, what that splash of cool water in the midst of that boiling pot is like, you know? Um, and so it, it's tough. I, I haven't found a good response to this in my own life. The only way that I personally have, have seen change in other people's life has been just trying to live out, uh, my vocation as a Christian, the best as possible. Right. Yeah. I have a friend uh, and I'll never forget this as long as I live, but I have a friend who, um, who uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to describe it, that it's not apparently obvious, but he, uh, um, he is very outside the bounds of the church, very anti, um, things, you know, Catholic things, Christian things, generally speaking. And, uh, so I never talked about the faith, never talked about the faith, but I just lived a good Catholic life. Um, you know, I'd, um, he would see me around other, you know, priests and religious and deacons and and just, you know, being normal and not preaching to him. And I'll never forget. He brought me aside, um, a couple weeks, um, with this sort of thing going on and just, just saying, you know, Hey, I was raised Catholic. Uh, I haven't practiced my faith in 20 <laughs> years, but, uh, it's really great to see somebody who is, hmm. you know? And so I don't know if that's that splash of cool water, um, onto the frog in the hot water, you know? Um, I think it yeah. is. It's, it's just tough. Yeah. I, I, I don't have a good answer to it, you know? Um, well, I definitely think it's time to man up. It's, oh, it's, no getting, it's getting high time to man up and not like not to go on a huge screed here, but I do, I have been reflecting a lot about the role of men and masculinity in this current era because it's a, it's a complete assault. And I think I've talked about this recently on a, on a podcast about how Satan can't attack God directly, God, the father, but he can attack God's fatherhood through the men of the earth. They're men of the world who are called to be either fathers by, by being natural fathers or priests who are called to be spiritual fathers. And we've seen that assault, just like you mentioned a minute ago in the scandals. 
We've seen that assault, right? Men have abandoned well, their families. The Men have the abandoned family. their duties. Men have abandoned their priesthood. Men have abandoned their, their episcopacy, right? There's been a lot of abandoning of duty and post. And this is why Satan has been able to, I mean, because like, men are called to be the shepherds of their flock, of their family, of their whatever, whoever their, their, their flock is, right? Whatever they determine their flock is, right? Single, married, uh, religious, ordained, et cetera, right? So because of that, then Satan has had easy pickings of the flock. And so I think it is a crisis that's only solved by men returning to their post, right? Mm-hmm. Don't count the loss. Just get back to your post well, and, and what save is, what you what can. What is the role of the shepherd? Is to protect the sheep. Absolutely. Okay, at all cost. Right. Okay? Right. And so if the wolves are out there preying on the sheep, men shepherd the sheep. Okay, Absolutely. your wife, your children, first priest, your, your, your parish, bishops, your whole diocese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and protect your, your, your sheep from uh, erroneous teachings, uh, you know, how much, how many errors are out there? We read about it all the time. Yeah. And, and so many ideas, people are so confused nowadays, even by the, the church, because one bishop says one thing, another bishop says another. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You got one guy saying it's okay to b- vote for Biden. The next bishop saying, no, it's not okay. Right. Okay. And, and I can tell you what I believe. Okay, but we'll, we're not getting political. But you know what I mean? People are confused because you know what? Are we united? We Look, I've said this a million times from that pulpit. Okay, that we, what, are, what is it that unites us? Two things, the truth, which is contained in the scripture, the written word, and also mm-hmm. the sacred tradition, mm-hmm. which is, right, uh, by the way, written now in the catechism, thanks to Pope John Paul II. Mm-hmm. So we have that truth. Okay, it unites us. Okay, so we don't have to, you know, we're, we're, you're not, I don't have to wonder what you're believing or thinking. Right. Because you think and believe as I do, because you adhere to, you accept, embrace the teachings of Jesus Christ. The second thing is the Holy Eucharist, of course. Right. Okay, but it's the truth. So what happens when we decide, okay, you decide, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, this Adam and Eve all over again, right? Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to have my own interpretation of scripture, of the teachings, and I'm not going to, you know, I, that, that teaching I like, but that other teaching is inconvenient for me. So I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Suddenly we're divided. We're not unified. Right. And then the people around us are confused because, I mean, our, okay, if I'm the priest and you're the priest and we're dis agreeing with each other now our flocks are just they're scattered yeah they're scattered. have you noticed have you noticed like when we speaking of manhood and the role of the men to be the shepherds to bring the flocks back into we we get together occasionally after this podcast we have some smokes with some other guys mm. that are catholic that enjoy smokes mm. and it's not exclusive i think we've had some non-catholics join us um but i've noticed that the, that these men that come together and enjoy a little smoke with the podcast crew after our smoking or after our podcasting episode um, they tend to be guys who are doing their fair share to to protect their individual of flocks, course. and it is kind of like because shepherd. they're being they're being Catholic men. absolutely, and it's, and it's kind of like them. It's kind of like shepherds getting together. It's kind of like the shepherds after a long day mm-hmm. of shepherding. They get together and they enjoy smoke together, talking about their trials as shepherds, and then they go back home and then they wake up the next day and they tend to their flocks. So it is kind of like shepherds kind of hanging out at the end of the night when the when the sheep are laid down for the night, mm. going to bed, you know, safe in their pastures. The shepherds kind of hang out at night and kind of shoot the breeze and 
have a smoke and just kind of, you know, so it is kind of cool that that's happening. And I, I can see that maybe being perpetuated, like that, that the more we um, accept our individual role in our individual pasture, right? I mean, nobody has an exclusive pasture over the entire earth. So, you know, except for, you know, the Pope who is the, over, the ultimate shepherd of, you know, on Jesus behalf. But, um, you know, we're all individually doing our part. And like, so if we all return to that and it's going to take humility for a majority of the cases, it's going to take a great humility in it and to approach confession to say, I've been a terrible shepherd, but by your grace, God, I can become a great shepherd again. But you know, here, here's the thing. So, so, um, the, the, it, it's important that men, uh, who, uh, have you know the their the um the the protection of their families and 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 uh you know make sure that their their children are safe as they're being shepherds right so it's important for men uh, who have that mission in mind right to get together yeah okay for support absolutely okay so so because if the if the guy is not getting any support he's going to fall by the wayside but so men need to to it's important that men get together. And by the way, you know, uh, you know, we could, we could, and we've done this, right? We're going to put in the bulletin. We're going to start a man's group. We're going to get a man's group going, you know, and, and you know what? We get some people. All right. But it's, you know, it's from the Holy Spirit when it starts out with the three of us just going outside to smoke. And then one night Josh drops in mm-hmm. next week. He brings his kid. Next thing you know, Tony's got two friends mm-hmm. and then some other people show up and this thing starts growing because you know what? There are men out there who are, are, um, they want to, f- they want to know that, that there's pe- men like them. Right. Okay. Who are, are fighting this good fight and who will, who, who they can find support in. Right. I mean, I mean, right. There's, there's no one who can speak to a man like another man. There's no one who can speak to a woman like another woman. There's no, there's no one who can speak to a kid like another kid, right? Mm-hmm. This, this is why we have these these structures kind of embedded in our society. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, just, just fraternity, because it's something, you know, uh, as you're saying, Tony, is it's something that's so, um, it's not emphasized. It's seen maybe even as threatening in some cases too, right? As, mm-hmm. as guys being with other guys, but... You know, it's, 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 it's needed. It's a support system, right? I mean, it's a support well, yeah, system. No, well, it's not just a support system. Yeah, like, we, so now the moderns, you know, the modern language is right. that it's toxic for men to be masculine. Well, it's, that, you know, it's and, that, and that's why they don't want men to hang out with each other. Absolutely. You know? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. So It's no, dangerous because know? what could happen? Well, Satan's plans could be thwarted. That's right. You know? So listen, for the men who are, are listening to this, I would encourage you. You know what? If you Even if you don't smoke cigars, okay? call a couple of friends over on a Friday night. Come hang out, man. We're just going to sit and have a few drinks. Okay. Or, or, you know, and if you do sodas smoke, or whatever it is, or whatever it is, you know, we're going to eat some pizza. Okay. So, Absolutely. Or and if you smoke cigars, great. Maybe smoke pipe, whatever. Okay. If you do smoke cigars, smoke the ones we recommend. That's right. And then, and then, and then like the next week say, yeah, this was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah. And then guess what? You have your own. It, uh, it just happens automatically. That's right. Men's group. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. And you need and, it because otherwise Satan, the, 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 the approach of Satan is design is seen in nature, right? With predator and prey, you know, you, you isolate the weak one and you, and from the herd and then you destroy it. Right. That's, that's the design of nature. And Satan follows the same rules because he was created by God and all of God's laws follow nature because nature is God's law. Right. So don't become the weak, isolated individual away from the herd. Get yourself herded up and get yourself herded up with other good men, Mm -hmm. right? Men of character, men you respect, men you want to be like, 
and, you know, and, and, and rebuke the other men that pull you down or that make mm-hmm. you worse, you know, the worst part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Turn from that, mm-hmm. right? Become the man you know you want to be and hang out with other men like that. Yeah. You know, um, so um, I was the other night I was at, uh, I was at Matucci's and I was sitting, I was just listening to the people. Like there's these group of guys uh, and with some young ladies at this one table and, and just listening to them. And these are like, you know, you could tell they, they, yeah, they work like physically out. work physically, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, and pretty tough guys, but so-called yeah. looking tough guy looking. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? I was just listening to the conversation. Not that I was uh, eavesdropping, I, but they, you know, they're very loud. So, but you know what? It was, it, I just, I, they was, it was sad because I'm just thinking, God, these, 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 these aren't men. I mean, these guys have, these guys are, are, were created to be men, but they're not, they might be, you know, uh, in good physical condition, and but you know what? They're not being the men that God created them to be. Yeah, amen. You know? And to the degree, and to the women that think that that's intimidating or scary or dangerous or whatever, you know, like never mind the, those of you who maybe have had bad experiences and you've been abused and you've had a bad experience of manhood from some father figure or man figure in your life. Um, Put that aside, right? Put that aside and go back to the basics and look at this objectively. Do you want a man that has been feminized, right? Or do you want a man that is truly masculine? You know what I mean? And, 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 And like, look at this from the depths of your heart here. Like, what are you most attracted to? Are you attracted to, you know, somebody who has foregone their manhood and has become something that they're not designed to be? Or are you more attracted to something, to a man that really is, owning his, his manhood. And, and by the way, the, the perfect man, right. To which men have an ideal is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And, he, and, and, and you mentioned, by the way, he just was not just, abusive and he was strong. Okay. But real quick, you, you, you mentioned, you know, uh, perhaps the, the, the feminization of the man. Okay. But then there's those on the other side who I will agree are a little too much, you know, the, the, the machismo there you type, go. you know, yep. Um, and that's, you know what, that doesn't work. That's either. not manhood either. Yeah, no, that's, that's that childishness. Yeah. Both, both of those, both of those options are childish. They're both childish. It's not manhood. It's not adult. Now you mentioned Jesus. There's your perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, of course we have to have a right understanding of Jesus, right? Like we have to see Jesus for everything that he was. He called out liars as liars. He upended tables in the temple. He was, he was tender enough to minister to Mary Magdalene. Right. And at the same time, he was he was strong enough to rebuke. Right. Men and women who were in error. Right. And and he was authentically man. Right. When he died on a cross, a lot of people don't know this, that. But according to Roman tradition, he would not have died with even a loincloth on the cross. His literally his manhood would have shown as a as a form of embarrassment by the Roman soldiers, they, 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 they crucified their, their victims naked, mm-hmm. plum naked. Mm-hmm. And there would have been no mistake by anybody passing by that Jesus Christ was a man. Now I say that not to be in some way like provocative or, or scandalous, but to really to show that, that God's design was that Jesus came as a man to do a manly thing, to save the world. Now inside of his manhood though, men and women both can find their salvation can find their fulfillment. Right. Um, and I, and I do think that it's wise that, that God also brought forth 
um, the perfect disciple in Mary. Mm. Mm -hmm. Who, by the way, whose birthday we celebrated today. today. Happy birthday, Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And Mary, you know, under the title, you know, we have so many titles for our blessed mother, Mary, mother of the church, Mary, the mother of God. Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, of course. She's also the mother of the Eucharist Mm. because Jesus is present in the Eucharist. Okay, so, but I had this thought today that, um, okay, so Jesus receives his humanity. Remember, Jesus, one person with two natures, human and divine. He is divine, so therefore his divine nature is by virtue of his divinity. But his humanity, he received exclusively from the Blessed Mother, okay? So my question is, Jesus is an individual person. He is Jesus, okay? And the Eucharist is Jesus because Jesus is present body, blood, soul, and divinity, okay? Now, Tony, you are Tony. There will never be another Tony. Thank God. Know, right? No, that's what I think. <laughs> so I'm saying, but, uh, but, you know, who did you receive your, your, your material from? Your DNA came from your parents, right? That's right. So, th- therefore, you know, the, when we receive the Eucharist, if the Eucharist is bo- Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, just a question. I'm not trying to suggest anything. I'm just wondering. But you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. But is is when we receive the Eucharist, are we not therefore receiving Mary to some degree? Absolutely. Okay, we're now part of her. But then we're receiving a part of her parents, and then her parents' parents. Okay, now my point is this: so really, when we're receiving the Eucharist, we're all receiving each other together. And what makes us brothers, or what makes a brother and sister brother and sister, is the fact that they share the same blood body and blood from their same parents. DNA. Right. So when we receive the Eucharist, we're receiving the same blood, which, which makes us brothers, brothers in Christ. Right. Literally. So think about it. Christ. So the, you know, when we talk about the Eucharist communion community, isn't this something that only God could author this, right? So we're all really receiving, we're receiving Jesus. Yes. But we're all of us are, by grace, are united to the person of Christ to the point that when we receive the Eucharist, we're really, it's, we're communing with each other in this unity hmm. that, uh, I mean, what do you, what, what can I say? There's no word to even describe it. It's a mystery. It's, it's a, a great it's a, mystery. It's a beautiful mystery. It's a beautiful mystery of communion. Isn't that great? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Which, and, and, and sadly, that are, are not all Christians are able to share this with us. Yet. Yeah. Yet. But it'll change. Now, by the way, I want to go back to you. You had a question about, uh, you know, with people and, and being so far gone. I believe, and you know I believe this, that God intervenes always and he's about to do it again. Well, if this weather is any predictor, Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Tony, I saw a pale horse riding down the middle of Central today. So, did you? Yep. Happened in happened in on Central Avenue in Albuquerque first. Yep. Was there a naked lady on it by any chance? Ha, <laughs> ah, Lady Godiva. Lady Godiva. <laughs> Classic. Well, it would it would actually not be that uncommon in downtown Albuquerque. So. That no, wouldn't no. be that uncommon. You're right. That would be more normal. Yeah, that's as, like, oh, as strange as it okay, seems. Okay, actually, nothing is happening down here. That's normal. Hey, uh, you got any trivia for us tonight? No, no trivia. Oh, boo. Oh, I've oh. got some questions for the McBee Minute, though. Oh. Okay. By the way, I wanted to mention this real quick before we launch off into tobacco and then, and then the gospel. Um, I wanted to, and I know Will has brought this up before, too. It's this little quip from Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, mm. who became Pope Benedict XVI. <clears throat> and it's the quip about 
the church becoming uh, a remnant, right? And I see this being potentially um, the case both for the church and actually for the country in the near future. Like I do think fathers will be, will become fathers of families that will have to begin fending for themselves in ways that we haven't had to before. I think it's possible. I'm not saying it will happen. I just think it's possible. And I do think it's possible that when we come out of all this turmoil, that the church itself will experience something very similar, right? But I love this little reflection he gives. It's just a few sentences long, and it comes from um, a work called Faith and Future and titled A Smaller Church. It says, from the crisis of today, the church of tomorrow will emerge. A church that has lost much. She will become small and will have to start fresh, more or less from the beginning. She will no longer be able to inhabit many of the edifices she built in prosperity. As the number of her adherents diminishes, so it will lose many of her social privileges. And so it seems certain to me that the church is facing very hard times. The real crisis has scarcely begun. We will have to count on terrific upheaval upheavals. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And, and you know what he mentioned, uh, you know, losing some of our self social uh, privileges. So what? Well, yeah, but, so but you can see, but you can see it happening, right? Like already. Yeah. But we already need to lose them. We need to lose them. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. No, at because all. you know what? It's, it's like we, it controls us. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't want to lose my place at the, I want to be invited to the governor's house for this weekend for the party. Right. You know, so I'm not going to, you know, we need to lose that. Yeah. We need to be, we need to be, we need to get back to being apostles. Be loving. Be loving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, like I said, it's, it's time, you know, so, you know, I'm just, you know, it might be time to um, let go of our expectations for what reality is and mm -hmm. has been and but might have okay. to, to work ourselves into something Look. new and by God's grace, it'll be more perfect. Yes. And, and that's right. And, and just remember this, just get to heaven. It doesn't matter what happened. Just get to heaven. That's it. <laughs> yep. Just get to heaven. Yeah. Okay. Bottom line. That's it. Amen. Bottom line. Okay. So I'm going to look up McBee's minute here. Okay. I'm Shout looking out. forward to the McBee minute. Does he have his own theme song yet? No. And um, you know what? I would love to be doing music, but he'd be like, get to it, man. Make these minute. Like because those old, like, like, like 60s, that. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like it. You know? Yeah. These minute. And then, and then the song lasts for a minute. Yeah. Bass solo. All right. So he, uh, we have three, three more, uh, mm. juxtapositions okay. to, uh, to and now consider. Listen, and then I'm going to send one of you out, uh, because the boys are be gathering outside. So if there are any to gather, it's pretty inclement, it's, yeah, well, inclement weather. And I did tell them that if there's no good weather, then we won't be yeah. joining. We'll Donald see. Chainin is bringing a Snuggie though. So oh, well, he's, he said he's said Snuggie and whiskey is what he In that you case, ever owned a we'll Snuggie? make sure that we accommodate our friends. Across, have across have you ever owned a Snuggie? Because I bought one. What a pile of <laughs> junk. Really? Oh, the worst. Just, you didn't like, like yours? Paper thin. It's like oh. didn't even work. You probably didn't get it from the right company. He's wearing it under his vestments. Did you get your Snuggie from Marty's Meatballs? <laughs> <laughs> I got it from SnugglesRS.com. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Yikes. I'm not going anywhere but McBee's Minute. Okay, so here you go. Uh, for a question for all three of us, hole in one or two under par? Hole in one. I would do a hole in one. Come on. I mean, I'm not a golfer. Because um, if it's a par three, then it is two under par. Hole in one. 
Just saying. Mm-hmm. I would take a hole in one every time. Mm-hmm. Smoke a cigar or smoke a brisket? Smoke a cigar. Yeah, I'm going to go with cigar. Mm-hmm. I actually am attached that that much mm-hmm. nowadays. Although, I'll tell you what. I'm like Maximilian Kolbe, who, who, to whom Mary offered two crowns, a red and a white crown. She said, choose. And he said, both. So I'm going to go with both on that deal. Well, is that where we get Colby beef from? No. You know. No Archbishop. Colby. No Archbishop beef. Emeritus. That is not. <laughs> okay. Stairway to heaven or knocking on heaven's door? Mm. Stairway to heaven. Yeah. Not, I grew not, I, I Knocking grew up. on heaven's door. Really? Absolutely. I love What that is song. happening to you? The Dylan version? Okay. And besides, okay. Wait, 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 okay. wait, 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 wait. Okay. So I, I'm only thinking, I didn't realize there was a Dylan version. I, I wait, only what? known. Dylan only, wrote the song. Yeah. I've only known the version by. Uh, Guns and Roses? <laughs> yeah. No, Bob Dylan wrote the song. <laughs> and it's like two minutes and 11 seconds yeah. long. And it's really? so awesome. It's a great one compared to, are you kidding me? Compared to Zeppelin's. Stairway to Heaven? Oh, eight, forget it. No, 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 no. Masterpiece? No. And she's that was the that was the last away to heaven. Gee, I didn't know Britney I didn't know Britney Spears uh, Spears sang that song. If so. there's a bustle in your head, okay, I think it was Cardi B. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is horrific. Let's Look, Zeppelin has okay. <laughs> Stairway to Heaven is just Stairway to Heaven. Come on, you well, want to talk the... Zeppelin to, uh, tunes? Let's try in the uh, in the light or or Cashmere. Okay, yeah, those are some okay. Cashmere, Ramble On, okay. my favorite. Yeah, Ramble On, Cashmere by Zeppelin, or actual Cashmere socks. Cashmere oh, by Zeppelin while on. wearing Cashmere socks. Cashmere by Zeppelin every time. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so going back to, so you were going to choose just to, for the clarity, father, uh, knocking on heaven's door by uh, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, <laughs> Bob Dylan. <laughs> You're choosing that over Led Zeppelin stairway yes. to heaven because everybody thinks of stairway to heaven as the quintessential Led Zeppelin song. And you're a, you're but a even pretty Zeppelin, big Led even Zeppelin, Zeppelin fan. Ze- yeah, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan, but even Zeppelin said it wasn't the greatest song that they ever composed. Why do you think Robert it- Plant said that Cashmere really is like the is, Led Zeppelin is song. The Zeppelin. Cashmere's fantastic. I, I agree. I agree. Cashmere's fantastic. All I'm saying is Stairway to Heaven is equally as fantastic. I'm gonna I love tonight I'm gonna be listening to Knocking on Heaven's Door. John Paul Jones, bass player, said when in the early days when uh, when they first, you know, came out with uh, Stairway and it would come up and you know, when they were playing concert, they had to play it. He's like, Oh no, you know, my uh, we gotta play this song again on oh, my you know, like they did he didn't uh, even like playing it. Yeah. He's bored with so, it. So so, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, by Dylan, uh, recorded or live? <laughs> the studio version. <laughs> studio version. I've not heard either one. So it's it's really, it's world. really weird. So I, I saw Dylan last October. He came to Albuquerque. He's so so I, I bought a ticket to see him, and he plays all his old songs. Wow. But they're not. Uh, he completely rewrites them live, so they sound wow. nothing like the old songs. Not in the same key. Wow. Not in the same time signature. Wow. None of the same notes, just the same lyrics. So it was cool because I saw Dylan, but like Tambourine Man is, hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. 
Well, that, now he just sounds like that actor. Now he just me. sounds like the actor. What is your head bobble? What's the, what's like, what's oh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> head in the, <laughs> little bobble. Yeah, yeah. What is your head bobble? It's, it's Christopher hey. Walken. It's Christopher hey. Walken hey. doing... Hey, man. It's, 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 man. It's Will doing Christopher Walken doing Bob Dylan. <laughs> no, it's Will doing... Uh, Christopher Walken doing uh, doing uh, Captain Kirk doing... Uh, <laughs> Play a song for me. Bill Shatner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Are you guys going to do a tobacco review while I go outside and check on the... Um, um, okay, well, because uh, my, my what tobacco, I, are we are we done? What did I? Yeah, what did I smoke last week? You <laughs> smoked the CAO Amazon Basin. Okay, now courtesy of me. Yes, here's my review. Thumbs up. Go get it. Smoke it. You'll love it. And my uh, tobacco review this week is the CAO Amazon Basin second go round. Mm-hmm. What did you say? Go get it. Smoke it. You'll love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. Freaking amazing. I think it might be my new favorite. Yeah. Yes, I enjoyed it. It was fantastic. It wasn't just fantastic. It was the best. Absolutely but, love seeing it. Wait, so are you saying this is that this trumps the Melania? This is what I was... Trumps re- the Melania? Trumps the Melania. Hey, uh, so the Melania is this way. The Melania is, a predict- <laughs> is so far, the Melania is a predictable smoke, uh-huh. good at any time of day, mm-hmm. and it will always produce that, that, it's fantastic. that fine leather fantastic. taste where yep. you feel like you've spent your money well. Yep. The CAO Amazon Basin is kind of like this amusement park that you've just arrived at. And you've paid, you know, the, the, the ticket price and you're just, you're not even sure what is happening. You just know that this is absolutely fun. So the benefits though, the CAO is that it is a better price. It is, it is right now, right? Because the Milanio has gone up a lot. Has it? I I think so. Mm -hmm. I I was a total wine, um, last week. Well, Um, cigars have gone up. I mean, the, yeah. the Padrones went up too. Well, I, the, the I, I was kind of noticing that too. The uniqueness of the CAO Amazon Basin uh-huh. is is that um, actually you'll have a while you're smoking it, you'll actually have um, a cigar a cigar influenced trip, and you'll think that you're a, a warrior in the Amazon jungle with a spear in hand, and you know with war paint on your face. Mm. And and by the time mm. you get done smoking it, you'll wake up and and wonder what you know what just hit you. You were definitely smoking something else. That is not the CAO. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, by the way, the, really the, the reason, the, reason yeah. the prices have gone up is because of the demand, because of the uh, quarantines or the, the lockdowns. Everyone's staying at home and they don't have anything to do. Father Scott's also been smoking every Padron. Not to mention, yeah. But here, listen, I got, I got some news for you. Okay. Okay. Until the election, Father yeah. Marshall and I both, no cigars until election. Wow. As Sorry. a sacrifice. A cigar fast. A cigar fast. Wow. Mm-hmm. Today is day one. Well, then I guess you won't rough. be joining us wow. for no, a little I'll be joining hullabaloo. You. I'll just sit close to you guys so I can get the second hand. Wow. Smoke. I didn't know you fasted. I'll get your secondhand smoke <laughs> and your secondhand uh, uh, coronavirus. Yeah. Hey, Donald says he's out there, so somebody okay. go out there. Okay, and I'll go out. Okay. I'll go out and take care of that. Are we okay. even doing a gospel today? What the heck? Yeah, this, we were talking. Do I, for do an I hour. go out and just accommodate him and come back in, or do no, we... no? You can go ahead, and Will and okay, I. You because... guys finish up and talk about the gospel. Yeah, I'm because sure it'll be beautiful. Oh yeah. All right. Well, how, how long note, is our runtime? I'm out. We're at fifty-three minutes. Okay. You want to wrap it? We yeah, can wrap it of, up. We have plenty of time for an hour and 20 broadcast. You got 30 minutes still. We could wrap it. My, uh, these are, what is, my thoughts about the gospel are that, uh, it's like, I'll tell you what, these are, I'll leave you with my parting words okay. based on the priest that I mentioned before on this podcast, back at St. Minor, a holy, good and holy priest monk. 
and uh, he's since deceased from what I, re- I remember, God rest his soul, Father Damien. And Father Damien uh, was a very quiet, soft-spoken man, and on a very unassuming Saturday morning Mass, the collegiates gathered for Mass, those of us who were able to wake up on a Saturday morning for it, and after the Gospel was read, he got up to the pulpit and said, Jesus said it, and so we'll do it. And then he stepped away from the pulpit and sat down. <laughs> That's my commentary for I this week. It. That's great. Okay. Right. Thanks, Tony. See you in a second. All right. Thank you, Tony. All right. So listen, uh, do we want to read the gospel or... Uh, just... I can read it real quick because it's, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory, yeah. which is one of the good ones. I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of times some gospels mm. can be kind of cryptic or you have to unpack them. But this one's yeah. pretty straightforward. You want me to just read it real yeah, quick? Yeah, just read it. Okay. And, and by the way, the first reading just ties in so well to it. So mm. we might want to mention that as well. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to let you jump into it as soon as I'm finished reading here. So this comes from... Um, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. Jesus said to his disciples, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Amen. Amen Amen to that. Okay, so um, now I want to just read, okay, the, at least the first half of the first reading, okay? Okay. You, son of man, I have appointed watchmen for the house of Israel. When you hear me say anything, you shall warn them for me. If I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. Ouch, huh? Mm. But if you warn the wicked, turning or trying, that is, to turn him from his way, and he refuses to turn from his way, he shall die for his guilt, but you shall save your life. Okay, so it's very simple, right? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. We have an obligation, okay, to correct the person who is in error, mm-hmm. okay? Um, it's an obligation that we have because, you know, we're put here for two reasons. One is to get to heaven. The other reason is to help each other get to heaven, to keep each other on that path that leads to the glory of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when a brother is in error or in sin, okay. So I use the example Sunday, you know, if you and I will have a friend who is using illegal drugs Mm -hmm. and he's married and he has a family. Okay. And he's using, and we know where that leads, right? Uh, to a very bad place. So if we, if we don't care about him, if we don't care about him or his family or his kids, we just, we'd say nothing and we just watch him go down in a ball of flame. Okay. But if we really love him, if he's our brother and we really love him and we love his family and we don't want to see him destroy his career and his family and lose his kids, then we have an obligation to say, look, you know, Larry or Joe or whoever, you got to stop this. Mm. This is not good. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to lose everything you've built. Mm -hmm. Okay. We have an obligation. 
if I'm in a business situation with a, a, a person who's, you know, maybe um, uh, engaged in illegal business practices and has the not only will if 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 he trips up and he's mm-hmm. as he's caught, he will not only destroy himself, but he's going to affect me. Well, gee, I have an uh, obligation to say, look, you know, right. Stop. Right. Well, this is the whole concept of fraternal correction, right? Yeah, so this, right. Is, this is what we're talking about here is fraternal correction. And I think it should frame how we think of evangelization as well, right? If we think of evangelization as uh, I need to go tell my neighbor that he's a terrible sinner because I need to prove how righteous I am. That's not evangelization, right? That's self-righteousness. Right. But... But true evangelization is exactly what it's talking about here in the scriptures and exactly what you're talking about, Father Scott, is that the the desire to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our neighbors, with our coworkers, even with our family is not out of self-righteousness, but rather it's out of a desire and a love and a care for their eternal soul, right? Right. So what you're saying then is if if your motivation is to be proved just so, you know, be to be proved right all the time, then that's not a good motivation. Yeah. It has to be love. Otherwise it's arrogance, right? Arrogance is not love. Right. You know, uh, and, and this is something that, that I think is, is a big temptation. I know that, that early when I got really into apologetics and things like this back at the university, that's how I was. I, I would go into debates and into arguments just to prove that I was right. Mm-hmm. Right. It was more of, it was more of a, uh, not so much of a care out of the soul of the other person, but more of like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right. And I want you to know that I'm right, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that is not the way of our Lord. Right. It's, it's out. It's because when we die, we want to have a good account before the judgment seat of Christ and then see our family, friends, our coworkers. I mean, can you imagine the joy in heaven, right? Uh, when that day shall come to pass. That's right. And so we have a, a responsibility. Okay. Now listen, if, if we see, and by the way, this applies not only to somebody, like I mentioned the drug, the friend who's using drugs, or maybe it's the, the friend who is happily married and he's, you know, he's, spending a little too much time with this other lady in the office, you know, so we say nothing and then he destroys his marriage. Well, we have an obligation to say, look, you know, we can't you know, do this, you know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. um, but this also applies to, you know, say the Catholic who denies the, the divinity of Christ or who denies the virgin birth or who denies the, the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist out of love for that person. We have to take the scriptures and also the catechism and say, look, you know, here's what the church that you belong to, that you're a part of teaches. Okay. And here's why, Yeah, you know, here's why Absolutely. Or the Catholic who, uh, well, you know, uh, I, I, I have no problem with a woman's right to choose an abortion. Well, right. that's, or who deny this, this person denies the, the, the evil of abortion, which is intrinsically evil, you know? So to educate the challenge, educate and challenge that person, you know, say, look, here's what your church teaches. And here's why yeah. it's not, a, you know, you gotta believe it because the church teaches it, but here's why the church teaches. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, so the model that, that Jesus is putting forward as well, right. The th- kind of three tiered model. First you go to them, you bring two or three witnesses with you and then you bring the church. So think of it in terms of, I care about you. We care about you. They care about you. Right. So he's talking to his disciples here in this, in this, um, in this example. And so if you notice, I mean, his disciples were bishops of the church. They were priests. He, he says later on, right. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Gives us great, tremendous <clears throat> authority, but he's, but he 
always has them approach it brother to brother first. That he doesn't have them appeal to the church until the very last mm-hmm. step, right? As a and last resort. And that's the way that we should approach these things in our life, right? Don't, don't you know, we don't want to tell our friend or our, our coworker, whoever, oh, well, you shouldn't do that because the church says it's bad, right? No, because these things are objectively bad and we know it's bad, right? We, mm-hmm. it's, it's, again, it's born out of a care for them and a desire to share heaven with them. Mm-hmm. And, and it shouldn't be, well, you know, you can't do this because the church says so, that you can't do this. Yeah. As if the church is some big, bad, mean, uh, oppressive, doesn't want her children to have any fun. It's like, no, you know, you, you want to avoid this behavior because you know what? You're going to lose your soul Yep. because, and you know what? You're going to lose your family. It's going to destroy you in the end. You're going to lose your job. It's yeah. bad. It's just bad. You're going to, yeah. you're going to hurt somebody could be, you know, you're either going to hurt yourself well, for sure. You're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, you're going to hurt somebody else. So you got to stop this. No good. Right. And, and instead of like having a negative response, everything. So instead of saying things like, oh, you know, you can't have sex because the church says sex is bad. Right. No. Flip that to say that, that, that sex is beautiful. It's holy. Mm-hmm. Sex is holy and it is reserved. Right. And, and, and that's, that's the language. That's why we need to approach these, these kind mm. of spiritual topics. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, by the way, at the end of that, uh, where he says, um, what does it treat them as you would a Gentile or a tax collector? Right. So, you know what? You think about that. That's, in other words, treat them as one who is excommunicated outside mm. of the church, outside of the body. Mm. Okay. Because they have rendered themselves by not adhering to that one truth uh, that is Jesus Christ. Right. So treat them as, you know, outside of the body. Yeah. Okay, but here, let me make this point, though. So how did Jesus treat the t- t- tax collectors and the, and the Gentiles? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Did he write guys. them off completely? Nope. No. He sent his disciples to go and rescue them. Yep. Yeah. As like that sheep that was lost. I think that's a fantastic point. Yeah, it's, it's treat them as a Gentile and a tax collector. And, and what's, the, what's the setting example Um, you know, of our Lord. And it's that he never gave up on the Gentile. He never gave up on the tax Mm -hmm. collector. Mm -hmm. Never, never, never. And of course that was St. Paul's ministry. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the beauty of of St. Paul and kind of the, uh, the mission that he was born into Mm -hmm. in the world. So, yeah. So there you go. So we have an obligation friends to uh, correct. Okay. And it's not, again, it's not because, you know, you're mean or oppressive or you want to be proved right. It's out of love that you want to see, You know, you want to see your friends and your family go to heaven. Mm. Okay. So uh, remember, and correction, you know, is you you do so out of love. And, um, you know, uh, by the way, uh, in order to be uh, the person who is corrected, you got to have, you got to be humble. Mm -hmm. So there's a big lack today of humility. Pride is everywhere, right? So, uh, you know, the, the hard heart can't receive that truth, you know? So yeah. you got to soften that heart by being humble. And, you know, when I think back to all the times I was corrected by my father or my mother, mm-hmm. or I've been corrected by my friends, even some of my brother priest, uh, I thank God for it all. Okay. Because you know what? And at the time I didn't appreciate it, especially when I was corrected by my parents when I was a kid, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't appreciate it. Uh, not at all. But, you yeah. know, now that I look back, I thank God I had a dad who straightened me out. Yeah. You know, because Lord knows where I'd be now. Absolutely. You know, so. Absolutely. Praise God. All right. So that's, is that it? Is uh, that good? I, I wanted to just mention one, one, one last thing. Mm. Um, 
just as a word of consolation for anyone who might be listening to this, you know, I don't know uh, where you're listening from, uh, whether you're still locked down because of COVID or whether things are starting to open up, mm-hmm. whether you're going back to mass yet, or maybe you don't feel quite comfortable yet, right? Maybe you still have a dispensation in place like we do here in, in the Archdiocese of Santa Fe. So I don't know what your situation is, but, um, you know, take to heart this last line of the gospel that our Lord leaves, leaves us with. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them, right? So right now, as dark and as crazy as it might be, you know, and even if you're by yourself, even if you live alone, right, we can call on the communion of saints, um, you know, call on all these wonderful saints that surround us and our guardian angels and, mm. and gather together two or three uh, spiritually present there with you. Um, and just know that our Lord is in the midst of your, of your suffering and your loneliness and your anxiety um, and that we are all in it together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me tell you this. I'm glad you brought that up because the pandemic's going to end. Yeah. It'll be over. Okay. All the craziness in the streets and the riots, it's all going to go. as people eventually get bored or they run out of money or whatever. So uh, that, that'll all come to. Well, and, and listen, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the power of Our Lady, who is our mother, who is protecting us. Okay. And. There might be some darkness, dark days coming, but you know what? In the end, okay, we're going to be okay. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. So we love you guys. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we're all we're all we're all good. Yeah, so help us build a church sjvnm.org. Go to donate and donate. We have uh, yet to receive any more um on iTunes any more reviews. I think we did. Weren't we at 45? We're no, at we're at 46. Now. Yeah, but okay. I'm talking about a written one. Okay, but we we got somebody who left a new review though. Even if it's not a written review, we got 46 reviews. Yeah, that's. I think that's we had, I think we had 45 the last time. Yeah, right? why? But we need uh, 150. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> oh, and then Scott uh, Harris says, who's in the Navy, is going to send us some cigars. Oh, sweet. Are you actually going to share them with us this time? <laughs> yeah. No, what, what? do you mean? I, yeah, cool. Yes, right. I said You're yes. You're going to share it with us? Y-E-S. You know all those wonderful cigars that uh, um, Veronica sent us? Yes. Guess how many I smoke? How many? What? How many did you smoke? But, what are you talking about? I smoked. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, hey, we love you guys. Stay healthy. Oh, wait, yeah, I, I, I got to do my pitch. Um, yeah, so so uh, uh, at Holy Smokes Catholic on Instagram, and then our uh, email address, Holy Smokes at SJVNM. Send us nice words, and we'll read them on the podcast. Okay, goodbye. Bye, everybody. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seeing the rise in mindfulness meditation? but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary, to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app breadbox.